1: You're listening to Balance Podcast with me, Molly Raycraft, a wellbeing and health journalist with a passion for living better. Each episode, we'll speak to a special guest about how they incorporate wellness into their lifestyle. By sharing their stories, we hope you can learn some tips and tricks to finding balance within your own life. In this episode, we'll be speaking to singer and songwriter Ella Henderson. Many of us will have first seen Ella when she competed on The X Factor at just 16 years old. Since then, she's released a platinum debut album and collaborated with many well-known artists across the industry. However, alongside this, Ella's also experienced panic attacks and anxiety, which have caused her to reassess how she looks after her well-being. We'll be chatting about what this self-care entails and how she's poured her life experiences into her upcoming album, Everything I Didn't Say. Hi Ella, how are you?
2: Hello, I'm very well, thanks. How are you?
1: Yeah, really good, thank you. So today we're going to be talking about health and well-being, and how that fits into your lifestyle and how that interacts with your music. So I think a really great place to start off today would be to talk about what balance means to you. What does that look like in your lifestyle?
2: Yeah, I mean, for quite some time, I definitely didn't have balance. <laughs> Um, and it's something that you know I still work on every single day. You know, some weeks are better than others as well, and sometimes I'm a bit hard on myself at that. But I think in anybody's lifetime and schedule and hectic lives, like it's so important to try and find balance and and figure out what works for you. And for me, obviously, um, with what I do, I'm a singer, a performer, and my career often entails meaning that I'm either on the road or I have late nights in the studio or I'm performing. I can be really, really tired. I don't get a good night's sleep. So. For me, it's trying to like schedule in those times where I can properly take a minute to take care of myself, which includes a lot of like meditation, practice, breathing, just even if it's just 10 minutes to just sit and close my eyes and just kind of like come back to the present and the now. I find that really helps with me and like the busy manicness of my job. Ultimately, like the the main, like really like fundamental things I'd say are like Staying hydrated, drinking loads of water when I can, exercising. I try and I try to do at least 30 minutes like of exercise a day. And that doesn't have to be something I'm not saying like I go for like some crazy run or anything. Some days it's just like I put a podcast in and I go for a nice walk. Like you said, you went for a walk in the park earlier. And um, I think that's really, really nice to just like realize that sometimes exercise isn't about going like hell for ever in the gym. Like it can be an, an, a nice, like enjoyable thing. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's not about even the physical aspect to it. It's about your mind and what you get out of it that way. And then also there's the diet and the food that you put into your body. Like we all love to be naughty. I'm sure many of us love chocolate and, ice cream and like all those things. I've got a sweet tooth, as you can probably tell. Um, but I do find if I eat junk, I feel like a piece of junk. So I do try and just like find that healthy balance of, you know, when I've got a busy schedule, up my water, try not to drink loads of caffeine because it gets, makes me too angsty. Like, and also I don't want to depend on something that's going to push me through. I like to feel like my body can kind of cope with it and do it. So all of those are kind of like your fundamentals. I would say it's like a pyramid, like exercise diet and your mental health and your well-being
1: it can be hard to moderate though can't it when, especially when you're like in the creative field I feel like often it's very much all or nothing and this is not just applicable to musicians but writers and you know artists it's usually you get a flurry of work and you're like super super busy and then you have these spots where you're doing absolutely nothing which makes it so difficult to always have that balance
2: It is really hard. And the last thing you ever want to do when you're super, super tired and you just got in from work or you're really tired and you think, oh, I could just have that extra hour in bed is to get out and put your gym stuff on and go get out and do something physical. That for me is like, takes so much motivation. But I guess the thing that drives me to do it sometimes is like my why. And I even had to do the reset only a week ago. You know, I kind of fell into the habit of things were starting to get busy again, where Everything's kind of taking over my schedule, and it's kind of like, well, if I don't do those things, then I'm not even going to be fit and healthy enough to get through my schedule. So you have to do it. And I think when I come back to my why of why I'm doing it, and I see, okay, because that's the end result, that's my goal, that's where I want to get to, then it drives me on to actually, you know, I give myself like the three second rule when the alarm goes off, and if I'm not out the bed in three seconds, then it means I'm not getting up. <laughs> um, I have to do it, otherwise I'm a nightmare. I'll just roll back to sleep and wait for like the next snooze alarm. So go off which I never know
1: is when it's just always a random time. Oh me too Uh, that gets me onto my next question actually which is we're chatting quite late in the day so I assume maybe you were a bit of a night owl but then you said you got up at 4am this morning so are you a night owl or are you more of an early bird?
2: Do you know what I am I'm definitely more of a night owl than an early bird that's for sure like I'm a monster on mornings, but I'm trying to shift that. I really want to become a morning person. I'm not saying I want to like bounce out of the bed and be this super happy, positive person because that'd just be really annoying every day. But um, I don't know. I think you can train and condition your body to kind of get into a routine. And I'd love to have a routine where, you know, but it's hard. Like you say, I I don't live in like a nine to five life. So it's really hard to get up at the same time every day because For instance, I only got up at four this morning because I had something on really early this morning that meant I had to do that, which meant last night I had to go to bed super, super early. Um, Because if I don't get, I, I need to get at least seven to eight hours sleep to not be a monster the next day and to not feel like, I don't know, like have waves of anxiety and stuff. Like I find that sleep and my sleep patterns and drinking and staying hydrated is like so key for my mental health like if I don't get sleep I think sometimes it can be worse than I don't know like not even eating right sometimes for me personally like sleep is so important and my mood I'm so grumpy if I'm tired (laughs) I know everyone is but like I really am grumpy if I'm tired and it's horrible
1: (laughs) yeah I was just about to say our wheel um Yeah. Do you have like a wind down routine that you use to drift off if you've got to say you've got to get up really early the next day? Is there something that makes you sleepy? Or do you just are you like me and just end up going on your phone for ages and staring at blue light and then just can't sleep?
2: Hey, We all are culprits of doing that. And um, we tried to set me, and my partner tried to set a rule this year where we put our phones down like an hour before bed and they're not allowed to be in the bedroom. But then we realized it's just impossible. So they're kind of like we do face them down and we come off them. A couple of things actually that I find really do help me before bed, my routine anyway, I'm even running one right now when well, my fella's running me one right now is I love a hot bath with all my candles on. And I liked it. Do you know what? I I realised that it's been such a long time since I picked up a book and read one. Um, So I've actually started reading again before bed. So instead of being on my phone, scrolling or typing and texting to people, I do everything I need to do an hour before bed, brush my teeth, have my bath, get my pajamas on, get into bed, instead of putting TV on and stuff that's kind of like always, you know, like my eyes really hurt when I watch too much TV as well. And I never, and I always try and watch it just to help me wind down. But I always tend to end up then watching some kind of Netflix series that I'm drawn into and I need to watch like the whole thing and binge watch. But reading a book I find is... Um, I don't know. I find it really therapeutic. I find it like the book I'm reading at the moment is quite factual as well. So I'm learning and growing and expanding in my knowledge on something, which is kind of cool because you don't with some other things. And also, it makes me really sleepy after I've read like half a chapter. I, I Sometimes I fall asleep with the book on my face. So I actually find that it's it's actually really helpful and it works for me.
1: That's great. What's the book that you're reading at the moment?
2: It's called Lost Connections. Okay. Um, I can't remember the name of the author, actually, but it's, it's really, really good. It's like, um, it was, I'll tell you where I heard about it. It's like a bestseller. Well, my partner was the one that heard about it. And he's like, I've seen this and read up about it. I think it'd be good for you. And it's like a bestseller. And I think Elton John, Zoe Ball, there's some really cool people that have read it and said it like helped change their lives and stuff. So I thought, okay, I've got to read it. And it is really, really interesting. If anyone suffers or has gone through or struggled with anxiety or depression in their lives, It's a really helpful, like, book full of tools and also just full of facts that's, like, really interesting.
1: Okay I'll give that a read thank you. <laughs> um, so we're actually the same age and um, both 1996's. and I was thinking the other day gosh it's so crazy how when the pandemic started we were literally 23 turning 24 and now we're 25 turning 26 and even though it's been two years I just feel uh, across our age group The jump from being early 20s to mid 20s has been huge. And there just seems to have been so many new relationships, relationship breakdowns, uh, like so much learning, so much more confidence, people feeling less confident, just so much change. Firstly, have you felt that too across like our age group and what changes have happened for you? So much. (laughs) I think even
2: within, like you just said, even within my friendship circles, my friends that are all the similar age as me, if we went back two or three years, like, for instance, one of my best friends, he's completely changed his life. He's quit booze, quit smoking, is the healthiest version of himself he's ever been. And I'm so proud of him. And not that he was ever like a, a big guy, but like, he's just, he looks incredible. Like he's got like a Baywatch body now and we call him Baywatch. Um, and one of my other friends been in an eight year relationship. They've just broken up. We thought they were going to get married forever. And like, they've decided to just mutually part ways and like go on in a different way in life and different paths Um I'm in a new relationship that I'm super happy in and I never saw it come in. I always thought, okay, since my previous breakup, that's it. I won't be with someone until I'm in like my thirties. So yeah, like so much has shifted. And also in like, in career wise as well, like a lot of my friends have like decided to just take the plunge and like go for something that they've always wanted to do. And they've got the confidence to finally do it. And I feel like a lot of self-growth has happened in in the couple of years and surrounding me anyway. And we always say, me and my friends, we do this thing where we sit together at the top of every year, we have a coffee and we talk about where our life is now. And then we go back to the same place on the same day of the month in December and we talk about what we set out to do and see if we've achieved it or not. It sounds really like rom-commy or chick flicky, but like, I just think it's quite cool to see how far you've come. And also like to be there as a little support network, just in a friendship circle to like have each other's back is really nice. Cause it's different like to your work life and your family yeah. and stuff, like to have your mates around you. But yeah, I, I do think there's something in the water, like, especially I've definitely felt the transition of turning, cause I've just turned 26. So I feel like, I was really nervous about it because I've always felt feel like I've always been under the age of 25 and like now I'm officially in like the 25 and overs category um it just I don't know it feels weird but I feel like happy and 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 I'm happy to sit here and say that like I do I just feel in a really I don't know a a balanced place I suppose
1: yeah I feel exactly the same actually it's just like like you're meant to be where you are right now it's just such a nice feeling
2: So that's not mean to say like we've got it all together all the time, but it's just like, no, it's like trusting the timing of your own life.
1: Yeah. You I was going to ask you, actually, what your what was the change that had surprised you most? Is that your relationship you weren't expecting?
2: Um, It definitely took me by surprise and was definitely very unexpected, even though we met on like a dating app in the lockdown. I, I, you know, obviously I could sit here and say I was looking for it, but I really wasn't looking for anything that I, you know, I didn't see anything like longevity. So, to have met one another and, you know, feel the way we do about one another. And also like just how our morals align and where we're at with our lives. Like we both want the same things out of life and the way my family are with that situation. Like, it's just great. Like, I think that shift has been kind of like, I definitely didn't see it coming. (laughs) So yeah, that definitely took me by surprise, I would say.
1: I feel like all the best people usually come along when you least expect it as well.
2: It is true. The old saying is exactly that.
1: (laughs) As well as learning, is there anything you've had to unlearn? Because I've realised when perhaps we were younger, you kind of like, You're like, oh, no, I can't do this. That's not me. These are my values. And then you get to a certain age and you realise that you don't have to just do things that way because you've always done them like that. And there's a different perspective. So is there anything that you've had to kind of unlearn to learn?
2: I definitely sometimes can be like set in my ways. Like I think I don't know if it's the Capricorn in me that like I can be quite stubborn and very, I used to be really bad with change, which is a horrendous trait for somebody that has the job that I do, because every single day your life is changing. So I think what's actually probably helped me with the lockdown as well is surrendering a little bit more to change. Like my diary can say something now and then I could wake up tomorrow and tomorrow is a completely different day to what I thought it was this evening. And I used to really struggle with that. I used to like to have everything scheduled and everything in order and know exactly what I'm doing and when and where, but kind of letting go of that control and letting other people take that burden for me and just kind of being more present and just bringing to the table what I'm meant to be doing, you realize actually it's a little bit easier that way. So yeah, I guess that in those ways I've had to like unlearn how to stop being my stubborn self. Um, And I do think lockdown helped me do that because I became a bit more chilled and uh, I found that There was more of a responsibility in me to kind of use that time to not worry and to like take care of me in those minutes or hours that I have of the day instead of worrying about what everyone else is doing around me.
1: I think it's just such a natural inclination, isn't it, when you have anxiety to want that yeah. structure and control in place so you know that scary is happening for sure
2: I also think um, I've had to unlearn I think maybe because everyone had to hit pause at the same time but like the whole thing of like social media and like living through rose tinted glasses and, and realising like which you kind of just touched upon before like trusting the timing of your own life and realising that there's no I've never, I don't think I've ever looked at anyone and been jealous of them but sometimes you can look and have like this FOMO feeling of thinking well why am I not there yet or why are they doing That And I'm not like, am I a failure? Like we see a lot of that. And I think we all go through them feelings, whether we say it out loud or say it to someone or keep it to ourselves. I think we all have experienced that. And maybe like lockdown, because for the first time ever, we was all in the same boat where everything just came to a halt and no one was doing anything. I feel like that was really refreshing because it kind of put everybody on the same kind of starting post again to be like, okay, like, let's go for it again. And everyone's just wanting to, you know, socialize and get back in the same room as one another again. And um, I feel like that's probably helped as well, because I think you can get caught up in this world that you've kind of created in your your own imaginary world where you, you worry about things you really don't even need to
1: yeah well we'll move on to this more in detail in a bit but just moving on from to the more less existential stuff uh did you get on the banana bread hype during lockdown because I know you're into cooking
2: you know what I didn't make a banana bread but my mum did she's I mean my mum's an amazing cook so she made the best banana bread in lockdown like And do you know what was hilarious? I can remember when, um, when McDonald's had to close as well and like no one could get anything. I'll never forget my mum like went into the freezer and she had these giant like chicken crispy fillet things. She bought lettuce, mayo and like these buns, but she made like these brioche. I love a McChicken sandwich. So she made like a homemade McChicken sandwich for me. And I was like, this is unreal. I was like, this is better than... I'd eat McDonald's and i like, my mum was like, it was so funny because like normally I like my mum's proper nice home cooking, but it was trying to like do everything that we just like, that you kind of like normalise and that you always have access to. Everyone was craving. I can remember going for my first like proper coffee to a coffee shop when everywhere reopened and like that taste of like drinking it out of even if it was like a really shitty paper cup I was like it doesn't matter I just want a coffee.
1: It's those memories that will be so nostalgic in years to come I remember at the beginning thinking oh this is like aside from how terrible obviously Covid is it's it's kind of like a wartime exciting feeling of everyone coming together and doing all these projects but obviously now it's really draining but such good (laughs) memories to look back on on the small things.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, especially I did my lockdown um, initially at my parents and I've not spent that much time with my mum and dad since I was 14 years old. So for me, it was really grounding and just, you know, I actually really, really loved it, spending that much time with them and just been able to go back to my roots. And, you know, it's the simple things that make you happy
1: in life. So true. And you're quite close with your parents, aren't you? They were with you through your X Factor journey. So uh, what do you like about cooking? Is that Does that come into your balance, so to speak? Does that contribute to your mental health, being able to cook? And is that a, a therapeutic space for you?
2: I think I love cooking. My mum and my sister are incredible at cooking and I would say I'm good. My fella's really good at cooking as well, so we're quite fortunate actually that's there's two of us in the house that can take over the kitchen, but for me, it's time. I just feel like I never have the time to like, I'm one of those people where if I do something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to go all out. So like, you know, if I'm making something, it has to not just taste really good. I like presentation. It has to like, you know, the whole process. But one thing I will say is that because it's such a creative and sensual experience to actually get in the kitchen and cook and get your ingredients to chop it and make a dish and to start with nothing and end up with something, it's like, That whole like journey through to make the meal is actually in itself a very therapeutic thing. I guess it's almost the same as when I start off with nothing sat at the piano and I tinker away and I end up with a song at the end. So I do find it really fulfilling. I just wish I had more time on my hands to like prep and stuff. But most of the time when I do my cooking is on weekends. So like I'll probably always try on a Sunday, I try and do like some kind of roast dinner or something like a really hearty home cooked meal. And and I love doing it with someone as well. Like I love putting the music on, me and my fellow times like we'll just like chop up the veg together and I just think we don't even have to talk it's just like for me that's like me in a happy place
1: (laughs) I feel like cooking is always something that brings so many people together as well do you invite people around for dinner I'm
2: the hostess of the hostess. like my mates on the group, group chat like I always host because I just love doing it I don't know whether it, I've been brought up I'm the youngest of four so I'm, I'm very used to like seeing my mum host all the kids parties growing up and all my brothers and sisters and my kitchen island is never like not got a drink or some food or anything out at the side always there's always a fruit bowl going like this it, that's just the way I am and if anybody comes into my house immediately like you've you're eating something or you're drinking something like that's just the way it
1: is <laughs> love it if you could have any person from history round for your to your house for a dinner party say maybe like four people who would be your dream guests
2: Ooh. that is such a hard question by the way um okay thinking about this I'd want to go for people okay so if I can have four people from the past. But I would probably want to bring, so I would bring my mum and if I brought my mum to the meal, that's, that means that I'd have to pick Amy Winehouse because me and her love Amy Winehouse. And we just want to talk to her, get to know her um, just find out all about her and like just get inside that head of hers because her lyrics are phenomenal. Um, Bob Marley, I feel like he'd bring like the music and the chilled vibes. Also Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Um, I love Marilyn Monroe and I love Audrey Hepburn, but probably Marilyn like tips it over the edge a little bit for me. I feel like she'd bring like the style and elegance to the table. Um, I want to pick someone really cool. Um, Freddie Mercury. I just want him to sing. And I just think he'd be a really cool character to have at the dinner table. I think that would sound like a really cool dinner party. And I'd have to invite like my dad, my mom, like people that love those people too. They'd be there too to experience it.
1: You're throwing up absolute icons here.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> Not just anyone, eh?
1: Is there anything in the kitchen that you've not mastered yet? Ooh, um... Actually, I saw a video of you flipping a pancake and I must just say I've never seen a pancake fly so far.
2: I'm terrible on pancake day. I'm the worst. I don't know why. I don't know how, but like, and all my mates, I always host it normally. So, all my mates come around and everyone's really good at it, but I'm not. It always ends up like going horizontally across the kitchen or it lands on the ceiling. Um, I don't know if I've just had too much force and the wrong aim, but um, (laughs) maybe that's what I need to master. Probably that. And I'd love to make sushi from scratch. I know it's quite, I've I've done sushi making once before and it's just quite long because you have to make the rice and it has to be like the right texture to go in the rolls and stuff but I do really love Japanese food so probably that
1: yeah and you have to have really really fresh fish don't you as well and I'm hesitant to buy it from the supermarket
2: yeah no exactly I think um yeah sourcing the fish is definitely the one because I love sashimi but I don't think I'd be buying it from the supermarket and eating it
1: raw no I wouldn't advise <laughs> <laughs> Okay then. Well, um, moving on, we're going to be talking a bit about overcoming anxiety. So it's been a while since X Factor. Obviously, I don't. I feel hesitant bringing X Factor up because although that's like such an achievement, you being on the show, you've done so much more than just X Factor, and so many people just come back to it but you've had um, Chapter One as well, which was your debut album in 2014. And since then, you've been very open and very honest about your mental health and suffering from anxiety, which a lot of people do. So it presents itself often very differently to different people. So how does it affect you? How do you feel it?
2: For me... um... Well, my my first experiences of anxiety, it was actually the physical that came on. So it wasn't actually a feeling. It was quite a chemical physical thing that would happen. So I'd get really hot and sweaty, clammy hands. I'd go really hot, really cold. I'd sweat. My heart rate feels like it's going up. And then, you know, if I have my my Apple watch on, I'd see my heart rate shoot like to 125, then it's 130, 140. And then I get panicked and worked up and then That before I knew about breathing exercises and ways to calm myself down, I used to go into like a really a bad state of panicking even more because I would think there's something wrong. And then you get yourself into worse of a state and then that's when it does become like a really severe panic attack. So those are kind of the signs and symptoms for it to come on. Also, sometimes I think if I'm really tired and I haven't slept enough, I haven't drank enough water. I can often find I have sometimes like a weighty heaviness that happens which obviously you get when you're tired anyway but it's almost like a little twitchy angst feeling and it's almost like a feeling of you feel like something's about to happen but it's not but you carry it throughout the day or you carry it until you eventually lie down close your eyes turn the lights off and just get some sleep because that's what your body needs but yeah I mean I think the biggest thing to say on here really is that it can just present itself in so many different ways and just because my, like I've experienced it the most in physical ways, but I definitely have had times when I felt quite emotional and it spurred into a panic attack. So it's quite worth me sitting here to say as well, that just because you've experienced, you might've experienced it in one way for a long period of time, then all of a sudden something new happened. So for me, I'd never had it before where I'd had pins and needles in my hands and feet. And then this was like a new symptom that started to happen, and I thought, "Oh my god, something's now wrong." So every time a new symptom would happen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it was anxiety. But um, I think it takes takes a while and takes a bit of time sometimes to acknowledge that that's what it is, and to accept that that's what it is, and to be okay with that. You know, like now I don't. I think I used to try and take control of it. And now I realize, you know, it doesn't have control of me, but I do definitely have control of it. But I just surrender to it now. And I'm like, okay, my body's saying something isn't right right now. There's a red flag. My body's asking for change or my body obviously needs something from me that I'm not giving it right now. What is that? I try and work backwards and talk to myself, even if it's inside my head a little bit. And I'm completely okay now as well with like saying to openly to people around me like I just need a minute or like can I take a step outside or if, if I need that because otherwise I'm just going to work myself up and there's no point in getting yourself in that state if you can help yourself avoid it.
1: Yeah that I think that usually is the right approach that therapists often recommend is to not actually fight against anxiety that you're feeling and kind of succumb so to it
2: anyway. Said done, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> right. I said it was so. Which is so much easier said than done, because when you're in that moment, when somebody tells you to calm down and to breathe, you want to do the complete opposite.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, you you your breathing gets heavier, it gets sharper, and you know, you start hyperventilating, and you don't start. You know, and when you're meant to be taking longer breaths, and you know sat there and calming yourself down. Like it's, it's really hard and it's a hard thing to master. And even, even now when I have wobbles, sometimes I can find myself, it takes me longer to actually get myself back on my feet again than it might've done on the previous wobble. It's just, it can, with women as well, I feel like our hormones are so crazy that um, they're constantly flying up and down and it depends where you are in your menstrual cycle. So I often find as well, like the week before my period, even I can often really, really struggle with like, just like low feelings and just like,
0: flushcare.com weight loss.
2: I go a bit moody and a bit more within myself and I'm a bit sensitive <laughs> and you know my fellow knows to just like not aggravate me that week because like just give me a few days off really like I'm just probably just need to just crack on and do some things for Ella.
1: Yeah no I'm exactly the same. I think as well it's about Anxiety isn't just something you can fix quickly, is it? It's such a long process of understanding how your body reacts to it and what it needs. And I think for me, sometimes anxiety presents itself very physically, exactly like you like a snake wrapping around your chest it feels so tight but I don't feel worried and my like mentally I feel absolutely fine and I have to listen to my body physically telling me that maybe there is something there and I need to go off and exercise or breathe or like I don't know stop overworking myself so yeah it's just about getting in tune with that isn't it and it's something that you'll probably never master in is a continuous journey of growth
2: yeah absolutely I think that's something that we should all just try and do literally you know till the day we're not on this earth anymore is to just constantly keep growing and evolving and trying to just be the best versions of ourselves which is really you know there's going to be some days we just want to lay on the sofa and be a slug that's fine um but I just think (laughs) is it is important to try and get into that kind of regime and you know I'm not sat here preaching I I I need this I probably need this chat now for myself as well right now because I'm getting into a really busy promo phase of with my career I'm about to go on tour this year there's like so much happening that I'm so excited for but if I don't physically and mentally prepare myself for it then you know it'll it'll hit me really hard you can't it's like I often describe it as it's like putting a Ferrari on a track and like just putting any dodgy old oil in it and expecting it to go at the speed you want it to go. That's not what's going to happen. Is it like, you've got to give it the refined oil that has to be exact for that particular car. And starting to see my own body that way and seeing it more of like a it sounds weird but more of like a mechanical thing sometimes is is nice because sometimes i just do things and i don't think about it like if i'm on the run or i'm rushing around like i'll just grab that sandwich or i'll grab you know that i don't know the drink that's probably got like loads of sugar in it but it's going to give me like the hit and the lift like and actually what tends to happen is when I do that I get these really bad adrenaline spikes as well so they don't it doesn't work for me at all like if I love chocolate if I ate loads right now I would probably have a really bad wobble in bed because I'd feel like the whoa effect from it which is so normal when you don't like eat it in like and consume it like that but then if you have it little and often I find that um, not necessarily often (laughs) uh, but like if you have it like in small doses like and when you really are craving it then you enjoy it more as well and i also feel like if i'm doing the gym and i'm doing all these things then when i do want a cheat day or a cheat meal it's just it's it means more and i actually enjoy it more because i don't feel guilty either i feel like oh actually i've worked really hard and i deserve this and i'm going to eat every bit of it or i'm going to drink that cocktail and no one's taking it away from me so it's just finding balance like and i know that's obviously what this is called but like it is a really hard thing to find and i think i'm 26 now and i still haven't got to grips with what the right way is and what isn't I and mean, i've um but I definitely feel like I'm definitely on the right tracks and path of getting to that place
1: I know you said earlier about doing um daily meditation is that something that you've still been trying to fit in when you're touring is and is that kind of deep breathing or body scanning what kind of meditation is it
2: yeah I mean it's definitely it's definitely I don't sit in a room and be like oh (laughs) (laughs) So one of the best things when I do it, I haven't actually been doing it this last week, so I feel like I'm slapping myself in the wrist. But um, the best thing I do is the first thing I do when I get out of bed normally is stand up and literally acknowledge like from my, the top of my head right down to my toes, like every body part. And like you just said, like do a body scan and literally like stretch out my fingers, twizzle my wrists, like stretch my arms, stretch my neck, stretch my legs, feel where there's aches or where there's pains, like acknowledge my body and how it feels today. And then if you do feel something, like go into the day knowing, oh, okay, well, that part of my body's feeling a little bit like this. So the other parts of your body, you're going to have to be really kind to that bit today because this part's struggling. And obviously as women as well, we go through our cycle. So it's important to acknowledge that a little bit more as well and monitor it, I think. And then with that, yeah, the breathing part for me is I see my form of meditation more so is just kind of actually, I actually have it as an alarm that's set on my phone where it tells me to breathe. And I have breathe, I think it's like every couple of hours or every three hours. And I have hydrate every hour that tells me to hydrate because sometimes I can go through like five hours in the studio and I'm like, I've not drank or eaten anything and I look and my, my lips are like so dry and I'll be like whoa like and I'm about to go sing all these vocals my throat's dried out and I'm not even hydrated so yeah just those little simple key things that do make such a difference.
1: And you're into angel cards as well so could you explain to me well not to me <laughs> I know what they are but could you explain to the listeners what angel cards are? So
2: angel cards are, I mean, um, I actually had them bought as a gift for me um, from a friend's mum who, she actually does like crystal and like Reiki healing. And I went and actually went for a session with her because I was just really interested in it. and, And I met her and on the way out at her door, she kind of had this little pot of like little cards and you kind of put your hand in and you pull one out and you see what it says. And most of the time they've got like one word or a mantra or a little saying or a quote. And that's kind of like for you to go on for the rest of the day to kind of like think think of that and have it like deep somewhere within your thoughts so I have my little angel cards and I pull one out every morning and it'll just say a word like I think yesterday it said understanding and then I have like the little book that goes with it so with that word will be a you know the meaning of under not meaning as in the dictionary it'll be like um taken into consideration of you know like understanding others maybe you need to like actually listen more to other people around you today and And I do, I try and take that mantra on for the rest of the day just to kind of see what it opens up. And sometimes it can kind of like, I don't know, like the third eye can just be a little bit like more aware of things um, than maybe what I would have been if I'd have just walked straight out the door so that's it in a nutshell (laughs) sound like a crazy person but it's just a nice thing I think it's just a nice little positive thing that I I personally get excited about to do on a morning like oh what's my angel card and um you can do it with anything you can do it with you can even write messages to yourself in a bowl or something that someone said to you that's cheered you up and put them all in a bowl and then when you're feeling down one day like maybe start picking them out and read through them just to remind yourself how great you are (laughs) and there's loads of different methods and ways of doing it and stuff but for me they're just I don't know I was bought them as a gift and I've never
1: looked back I think it's nice as well to have that kind of you're feeling in touch with the universe and being a little bit fatalistic can sometimes help when yeah. you're you have anxiety and you're maybe feeling a bit overwhelmed like everything is in your hands and yeah. having that perspective of being fatalistic can make you feel like you don't need to control everything
2: Yes, absolutely. And as a creative, I think it's really helpful Mm -hmm. because being more in touch with the depths of kind of that realm. I think I often describe creativity as something as well that we can't really control it or own it. You know, I don't go into a a room and the song's already there or it's sat in the universe. We have to create it and you've got to bounce off other people's energies and auras to make that happen. So I do think it's important to be in the right mindset and also to carry the correct kind of energy and attitude around with you. You know, whenever when anyone walks into a room they, they bring a certain aura and energy so yeah they're just nice little and all of them are kind of like positive affirmational kind of things apart from the other day I pulled out birth and me and my fellow looked at each other and we was like oh my god absolutely not but it did say it was like the rebirth of like a new venture or something like that so I was like okay it's for the new
1: album I'm not ready
2: to have a baby anytime soon <laughs>
1: Perfect. And you you live in a converted church as well, which is super, super cool. Um yeah. do you and I know I know you said that you're previously that you're not like strictly religious or anything like that, but do you feel as slightly spiritual in the whole like, you know, the universe having a meaning or there being kind of like a fate for us? Does that help with your anxiety?
2: I definitely believe there's something greater than us I don't know what that is um I wouldn't necessarily say that I have a god but I definitely I would definitely say because of my mum and the way my mum is like my mum's quite into crystals and my mum I always think she's psychic like she just knows everything that's about to happen especially with me and my sister she'll know it's happening before it happens and it's very bizarre I can't really go into it and explain it but like there's been so many occasions where that's happened so I do believe in things like that. And yeah, I guess even here living in a church, I definitely have a thing for um because they say that living anywhere with like points is meant to be quite like one it's meant to be breed positivity I don't know why like and a triangle shape's meant to be the strongest kind of structural uh shape so when I moved in here because everything is triangular or gothic or like a gothic archway I don't know why but to me I just think of angels and angelic obviously come back to the angel cards but I do I think it's like very angelic and I do obviously then that maybe that comes somewhere into my singing and my love and passion for music so yeah I do feel like there's a sense of that and even when I picked this place because not a lot of people want to live I guess in a in a church conversion but for me I just thought it was really cool and almost magical as well like there's definitely like that kind of like fantasy side of me that loves like I don't know mermaids and unicorns (laughs)
1: i um, think it's such a marmite thing as well i think people are like when i see um oh, what's that design show you know where they convert buildings and they or they build new structures uh grand design nice. yeah yeah the church is on there people either absolutely love it or think it's absolutely horrible that you would want to live in a church but i personally yeah. love it
2: oh good good <laughs> that's do you know what one of my number one things though when i did look around this place was was there a graveyard and has anybody like been buried here because that was a big thing for me I was like I don't really want to be anywhere where that's kind of happened but um luckily for me it wasn't this was actually just like a communal church that only weddings uh births and um christenings and stuff happened here in communion so it's actually meant to be like a happy building so yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's nice I was gonna say has there been any guests that have refused to come into your church property because of a graveyard or something but I'm guessing that's not an issue
2: no no everyone just signed I think sometimes if people don't know I live in a church and they come back here for the first time they're just like what like where are you taking me and that's always quite funny but no I think everyone just probably finds it a little bit different and interesting and obviously each to their own everyone's got their own personal preference and taste and this is mine
1: (laughs) I love it. And it is the small things as well, like you said, and where you live can make a huge difference to how you feel.
2: Yeah, it's really mad because when I actually um, bought my house, it was like a time in my life where, I described everything as like everything needed to be like a sanctuary and when I actually bought this place it was already named the sanctuary so it's um it's it's weird that like that's how I would describe what I want life to be and then I all like it's almost like I cultivated this place that popped up on Rightmove or wherever it was for me to find and that it was even called that and then I looked at it and I I mean I've renamed it now but like I don't know it just feels like you know when you know and what what home feels like to you and it's funny because I'm a northern girl and I'm used to living in the countryside or being by the sea and that's where my family come from and I think living in London it's quite hard to find elements of that unless you live, like I live near a park and I live near the river and stuff but I don't know, to me this I don't know whether this somehow made me feel more at home I don't know how but it it did and I just felt a bit... know why I feel safer here than I have in any other other place I've lived in London and I like places with character I've got a thing for a fact if you go on holiday with me it has to be somewhere with history where I can go look at cathedrals I can go look at like the buildings and you know anything like that like Brussels and Belgium like I love places like that like where you can, like the architecture on buildings is just like breathtaking.
1: Have you been to um, the Vatican in Rome yet? That's so good. Um,
2: I've never been to Italy and I've said to my fella, like that's where he's got to take me because he knows I really want to go. And I love pizza and pasta,
1: so he's got to take me there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes, you have to go to the Vatican. It is honestly probably the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. It's huge and it's just so artistic and there's tapestries everywhere but I highly recommend going in January because it's actually quite warm and there's no tourists so you can walk straight into the Vatican you can go to all these food places no tourists great
2: oh wow okay need to get myself there then
1: yeah maybe after the tour as a treat yeah
2: no absolutely
1: (laughs) and how about Animals and pets, have they helped you at all in your kind of anxiety and just getting you out of the house?
2: Do you know what? Yeah, my dog, I've had her from, so I bought my dog literally just before my first audition on X Factor. So she has literally been with me for the 10 years that it's been. And she's just a part of me and I'm a part of her. Like, so because they, my life got really busy and hectic, I had to actually, my mum had to take, um, I would say custody of her. Um, But, and I hate saying it, but she did, she had to help me look after her because I was traveling so much and it wasn't fair on, her name's Trixie. And she's a little black fluffy shit poo, which is a shit poo cross toy poodle, which is hilarious. And it's so funny because my mum is like her everything. But as soon as I walk through the door, she just is like, I'm back and that's it. Like, I went home to see my parents last weekend and she just didn't leave my side. She was on my knee, just sat by my side on the end of my feet. Um, She came and slept on the bed with me every night. And do you know what? When I've had some of my lowest, really darkest times, like my mum always said to me like, oh, Trixie misses you, just think of Trixie. And for some reason, that'd be something that would help me push through. And whenever I've had a rough time even when i was back at my parents trying to get well with my mental health that dog has literally sat by my bedside when i've been crying my eyes out and like literally like she knows when something's up like she's licked my arm or like just like put her bum closer to me to just let me know that she's there and there's something about an animal for sure where especially in dogs like i'm a massive dog lover where i think i just think they know i think they have a sixth sense and it's almost this weird thing because they can't talk and they can't speak and they can't respond to you it's like it's almost just like they're there to listen to anything we have to say. But yeah, she knows all my deepest, darkest secrets and worries and all sorts, that dog. And I just love her to pieces. And I feel like she's just been such a huge part of my
1: journey. As you say, they they always seem to know, don't they? Even with smaller animals, they still seem to pick up on when someone's not feeling right. No,
2: definitely. Even now when she's with my mum, you know, my mum had a water infection not so long ago and she knew she would literally like sit at the end of the bed of my mum and just stay with her. Like my dad tried to get her to go out for a wee and she wouldn't leave my mum. She just wanted to stay with my mum and like be there for her. And I'm like, it's so bizarre how they know, but they do.
1: And moving on to um, your music Do you think that's also played a role in helping your anxiety and just expressing yourself and any issues you've had? Because I I was thinking about this and perhaps it's a double-edged sword in that it does help you but it must also put a slight pressure on you being your job as well and it must be stressful at times.
2: Yeah I think from the lockdown period I realised how much music was my therapy again and you know I often describe songwriting for me is like an open diary but this album literally is that like it's all my personal mistakes fears worries self-growth relationships you know friendships as well and and I think I couldn't write a song if it didn't come from a personal experience everything I do is very blunt to the point very honest and that's just what makes me feel comfortable and I guess I never really think about oh, at the end of it, I'm going to pick the best ones that we all think that sound like hit records or whatever. And then we're going to release them. For me, it's just like a therapeutic process. So it is quite bizarre that then I compile it into a body of work and then people hear it and then have opinions on it or people can relate to it. And I think ultimately with this album, I just want my fans to know how sometimes it's just OK to not be OK and... We're not all perfect. We're all human beings. We're not robots. We're not gladiators. We're not here to like take on the world defiantly 24, 7 hours of a day. Like I just think in this day and age, like we just see so many things on social media, like so much filtering stuff. And I just want to shake all of that. And especially as a young female, I just want to shake the stigma of everything maybe that a 26-year-old is meant to sit here and say, but like that's exactly what I'm not going to do. I'm just going to be myself and I'm all right with that. So yeah, there definitely is a pressure with that for sure. Cause even in my position, I always feel the sense of, oh, okay, I'm meant to be in effect to certain fans and age groups, a role model, but it's funny. I'm still young myself. I'm going to make mistakes. I probably am going <laughs> to fuck up at moments. and But that is okay because it won't be anything that I'd have, I'll ever do that's on purpose. It'll be something that I'm doing because I need to learn and I, I've got a life lesson to learn.
1: Do you write your songs when you're going through the motions of whatever you're trying to express? Or do you prefer to kind of digest what's happened and then look back and write it?
2: A complete mixture. I've definitely sat on the piano in tears. I sat on the piano really happy. And I've also sat on the piano months after something's happened when I've actually come to terms with something that's happened to me. So a mixture of the two, really. I don't think there's any kind of like written rule of how it works, but you know when you're ready to sit and talk and open up about something. And I think as well, like with many of my songs on the record, that I have like a close team of mates well I call them mates now of people that I've written some of these songs with and I describe them I should be paying them as my therapist because they've really helped me along this way like they've helped me they've they've let me open up in a room and then turn it into art and I just think that's so amazing like <laughs> I've literally walked in some days in a right mess and left smiling and laughing and felt like I've had the best day ever and that's all down to like that whole creative process so I feel so fortunate to have my music because it's definitely saved me in in many ways and I would even say as well for like people that are struggling with anxiety or, or anything or even going through depression is to try and find something creative like a creative outlet for anyone I think is an amazing thing to try and get into and it could be anything like it could be something physical it could be drawing it could be art it could be cooking like we just mentioned before it could be anything I just think getting your senses going is an amazing thing because it kind of distracts you from you know maybe what you think you're worrying about and takes things a bit more into the present and also lets you live with your thoughts a little bit more I always find even when I cook I often find that I end up cooking what maybe mood I'm in I know that sounds really weird but like often if I'm in like quite like a zingy vibrant mood I'll end up cooking like Thai food or like something that's quite a bit more exotic than something that's you know like a risotto or a a spag bowl or something like that like I definitely think it affects your mood on on your creative senses and stuff and if you can find a creative outlet, I would highly recommend it and if you haven't figured it out yet everyone's got creativity in them
1: (laughs) yeah so true and I think It's not to be underestimated when you say that you've poured everything into this album emotion-wise, is it? Because you shared a post the other day of your cryptic emojis for your track list, which you have now released. But I think there was every single emoticon on the emoji keyboard in there. It was impossible to guess, but that is just a reflection of like the um like human density of emotion that you've put into this album. There is literally every feeling possible and it's a journey as well it's very clear where you have grown and transitioned and entered new portions of your life
2: yeah no absolutely I think um, I'm super proud of this I know I couldn't have given any more and I think that's kind of where I sit and I'm like okay it's done wrap it up now give it out to the universe and um, I can't control that now it's just it is what it is and And I'm cool with that. But um, I am excited to just get to perform it now and and get out there. I think it's been two long years of like listening to it all back to back. I just want to get performing it.
1: Yeah, it's been so long, hasn't it? When was the last time that you were doing live music properly in front of a big audience?
2: Um, I mean, I've had the opportunity to do some amazing performances over the last six months Um, Mm -hmm. and towards the end of last year, I felt like live music was starting to make a comeback again. I feel like this year is going to be, I'm doing a proper tour. I'm um, touring with the script in May. I'm doing my own tour in October. I'm going to be doing all the summer shows in the summer, like the festival season. So I feel like this year is going to be like live music. It's going to feel like it's actually back.
1: Amazing. I'm so excited. And I'm excited that you're joining the um, the script as well. What's your favourite song from the script?
2: Um, I really like The Man Who Can't Be Moved. I think it's just a classic. And I don't know, I just love it. Whenever Danny sings it, I just have to sing it word for word with him. So um, yeah. maybe I'll get a chance to go out on stage and sing it with them one night or something. That would be fun
1: yeah I so remember that actually from um you'll probably remember this as well from school I think we must have been in year seven or year eight because it was in all music lessons
2: me and my friends I can remember like it was one of our favorite songs at the time and all my friends would go to the script concert so now actually it's weird isn't it like I can remember my friends having like pictures of the scripts on their wall and now I'm touring with them it's very strange but yeah very very lucky girl
1: Um, so your new album Everything I Didn't Say that's out on the 11th of March and I think when this podcast comes out that will literally be a week until the release date which is so exciting but people can pre-order it now um, in advance and then you're going on tour in October by yourself as well Um, and then the script is in May and June you can get tickets for all of those as well so exciting
2: I know, I'm very excited. It's going to be a
1: good year, a good year for all of us. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's manifest it. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all of my questions. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I wish you the best of luck, luck with your album and the tour. And just, I hope you just really enjoy all of it. Oh, thank you. I like your nails as well. Thank you. They're actually Snoopy, Snoopy <gasps> Oh, my God. I
0: know. So
1: cute. I know. No. My friend does them. She's like a. <laughs> A nail artist, and she's just she. This is not a sticker; she painted this on.
2: That's insane! So good.
1: Way more <laughs> talented than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to just ask you out. Personal interest. What are you having for dinner tonight? um Do you know what? I
2: haven't decided yet. I might. Do you know what? I've, I just want something quite light. I might. I might just have have a soup, or even make a soup. I, I just oh, want something nice. Quite, something simple. I had a nice late lunch with Josh earlier and I really enjoyed it. So I feel like I just want something light. Do you know what I can't wait the most for? I'm going to have a cup of tea and get in the bath.
1: Oh Yeah, (laughs) the bath was running when we started. Surely it's cold by now. Hope not. not.
2: (laughs) I'm sure it won't be. I'm I'm sure
1: it won't be. Okay. well, I'm going to let you go and enjoy your warm bath then.
2: Amazing. Thank you so much.